You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. You know that God is counting on you, right? That even though He's omnipotent and He doesn't need you, He is counting on you. You know Satan's counting on you too? I want you to think about that as we turn to Acts chapter 14. Acts 14, verse 1 through 7 is where we're going to read. We'll, we'll probably read some verses toward the end of the chapter as well, but we'll start at the beginning. God bless you for being here. I know many of you came straight from work, and God bless you for doing that. And I hope to be a help to you and your family and your individual lives. Let's put our cell phones on silent. We want to make sure that nothing is distracting uh, during the message. Acts chapter 14, we're reading about Paul and Barnabas' missionary journey at the moment. And the Bible says, And it came to pass in Iconium that they went both together into the synagogue of the Jews, and so spake that a great multitude, both of the Jews and also of the Greeks, believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles, and made their minds evil affected against the brethren. Long time, therefore, abode they spaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word of his grace, and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the multitude of the city was divided, and part held with the Jews, and part with the apostles. And when there was an assault made, both of the Gentiles and also of the Jews with their rulers to use them, and what, what we're taking from that pronoun is Paul and Barnabas and, and their people, to use Paul and Barnabas despitefully and to stone them, they were aware of it, and fled unto Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lyconia, and unto the region that lieth round about, and there they preached the gospel." Let's go ahead and read verse 19 through 22 as well. I think it will be important as we come to the end of the message. The Bible says, And there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and where? Which we just read at the beginning of the chapter is where they were, and they had to leave and go to Derby. Okay, I'm, I'm, yep, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Oh, you guys are the best. Okay, so they have come back to Iconium. Let's talk just briefly about what happened in between the Iconium the first time and Iconium the second time. Nothing big, it's just Paul got stoned to death and then came back to life. He goes back, he goes back to Iconium where he had to leave at first, where he had to flee. 
They came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium who persuaded the people and having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. Howbeit, as the disciples stood round about him, he rose up and came into the city. I mean, you would think, Paul, the place that just tried to kill you, you don't go back into it. But Paul was something special. And the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derbe. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again. So that's what we were talking about. They returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch. Notice what they did here. Confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. And you don't have to have that much of imagination to understand how important that lesson would be to teach these disciples who have just watched somebody nearly die for their faith to come back and say, that's no reason to give up. You continue in the faith that we have taught you in fact, this is part of it. I want to preach tonight on the subject, a crucial crossroads. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would bless the preaching of your word, save the soul that is nearest hell, revive backsliders in the room, call the prodigal home, and glorify your name. I ask that you would be an encouragement through your spirit and through the preaching, that you would be an encouragement to some father in here, some mother, some parent, some child, some ministry worker and leader, some individual, some Christian, who is struggling right now with this matter of opposition and hard times in their life, please encourage them to have the right mindset when opposition comes their way. We ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Can you hear me just fine? People in the back? Okay. Live stream, shake your head if you can hear me just fine. Good. Okay. <laughs> On the road of your life, this is sounding like a fortune cookie, but stay with me. <laughs> On the road of your life, you will spend the majority of your time at crossroads. Yeah. On the road of your life, the majority of your time is spent at crossroads. And the journey of your life is drawn by the decisions that you make at those crossroads. If you want to visualize your life as a map starting from when you were born to when you die, and you're looking at it from an above view, you can visualize with me every crossroad that you come to when you go either right or left. Your, your life is drawn... The journey of your life is drawn by the decisions that you make at the crossroads. If you want a good journey then at those crossroads, you must choose a decision that is going to lead you in the right direction. If you want to live a godly life, you must choose godly roads. If you want to live a holy life, you must choose holy ways. Choose ungodly roads, you will live an ungodly life. Choose unholy roads and profane streets, you will live an unholy and a profane life. Just think about your day today. Did you have a good day or did you have a bad day? Now don't answer me out, out loud. But think about it. Just think about your day today. Did you have a good day or did you have a bad day? Did you have a godly day or did you have an ungodly day? And your answer 
that you are giving right now in your mind is based upon the decisions that you made today. When you woke up this morning, whether you realized it or not, you arrived at the crossroads of Bible Lane and Social Media Street. <laughs> what did you choose? Now, maybe you say, I chose both. Which did you choose first? And then as you go throughout your day and you start coming into contact with your family, you come upon the crossroads of Kindness Road and Hostility Avenue. Good morning or leave me alone. What did you choose? As you drive to work, you came to the crossroads of Godly Music Road or Worldly Music Lane. What did you choose? As your day progressed, you happened upon this one intersection very often. It's the intersection of Prayer Drive and Self-Reliance Road. What did you choose? As we started service tonight, you came to the crossroads of Worship Street and Silence Lane. And I saw, I saw some of you choose Silence Lane. Why? The journey of your life is drawn by the decisions that you make at the crossroads. And if you want to have a good journey, then at those crossroads, you need to make the decisions that are going to lead you on the right path. Let's talk about some of these crossroads. Some of the crossroads lead to the same place in a roundabout way, but one is a lot easier than the other. Some of the crossroads lead to the same place, but one of the ways that you take, you'll be able to walk with Jesus' help. But another way, if you take that one, yeah, you'll get to the same spot. You'll get to the same destination, but you need to do it without his help because there are some ways in life that Jesus will never bless. Some of these crossroads aren't crucial in the grand scheme of things. Crossroads like Brush Your Teeth Road or Chewing Gun Lane which you will be surprised how many kids in Bible college chose Chewing Gum Lane instead of Brushing Teeth Road. Is everything okay? Gentlemen, can we get some help, please? Can we get some help with Miss Marta? That's all right. We have people here who will take care of it. Miss Abby, would you, would you go back with her, please? God bless you, gentlemen. Thank you so much. We have nurses here. We have, we have people in the medical field here. Everything will be fine. Let's go ahead and have a word of prayer, and then we'll, we'll continue, okay? Heavenly Father, I ask that you would be with Miss Marta, whatever is going on. Please watch over her body and um, let everything be okay with that. We trust this to you, and we ask this in your name. Amen. Okay, where were we? Brushing your teeth or chewing gum. Yes, absolutely. Not very crucial in the grand scheme of life. Lucky Charms Lane or Frosted Flakes Boulevard? You know, what, what do we choose? Maybe that is crucial. I, I don't know. Oatmeal is disgusting. That nobody, should come, nobody should come to that crossroads ever. Here's one. Here's one that my wife and I fight about. Bagel and Cream Cheese Road 
or Bagel and Butter Boulevard? Now, who in the world chooses butter? Do any of you choose butter on your bagel? You're not right with God, I'm telling you. Put butter on a roll, don't put butter on a bagel. All right. Not crucial in the grand scheme of things, right? However, there are crossroads that you come to that depending on what decision you make, it is extremely crucial to your journey. Every one of us, before we die, will be able to look back on certain days, certain crossroads decisions that we came to that made or broke our journey. Now, my, what I'm calling them crucial crossroads, my crucial crossroads may look different than yours, probably look different than yours. We can go for a long time about the, the differences and the decisions that I might have to make that you would never have to make and vice versa. I am rather very interested tonight in the crossroads that we all have to come to in our life. Do you realize that no matter where you come from, no matter who you are, at some point or another in all of our lifetimes, in each of our lifetimes, we will reach some of the same crucial crossroads. Crossroads that have been in existence ever since man has been in existence. For instance, one of those crucial crossroads that all of us are going to come to is Sin Road and Holiness Street. And we all made the wrong choice at that one. When we were very young, we all made the wrong choice at that one. And then we go our separate ways in our life and you start making decisions and I start making decisions. But then at some point, we're each gonna come to this same crucial crossroads. I would call it accept Christ way or reject Christ road. And some people accept and some people reject. But every single person has to come to that intersection, every person. There's another one, I would call it narrow way and Broadway. All of us have to come to that crossroads. But there's another one that we have to come to, and it's the one I want to focus on tonight. Every Christian is going to reach this crossroads on your journey. In fact, you're going to reach it at multiple times on your journey. It's called by different names. The streets have different names. But if you look closely, it's the same decision over and over and over again. And the road that leads this way always leads to the same place. And the road that leads this way always leads to another place, but the same place, always. One time you come up to the crossroads and it might be this. Stay lane or leave street. And then maybe you move on a little bit in your life after you've made that decision, and then you come to another crossroads, and this one is called Fight Street, and this one is called Flight Boulevard. Different names, same place, same decision to be made. And then you come up to it on another, on another time. This one is called Continue Way, and this one is called Quit Avenue. Or another time, you come up to this one, and this one is called Persecution Road, and this is Compromise Boulevard. These are crucial crossroads yes, sir. 
in your life. I have seen many of you come up to these crossroads very recently and have to make that decision. Josh, you're one of them. You had to come up to that decision. Stay lane or leave street. What do you do? That's the decision that you made. You're going to come up to it again. I have reached these crossroads very recently. Certainly since I've become a pastor. And I know for a fact some of you are at the crossroads right now. Beyond that, I believe as a church, corporately, we are very quickly coming up to these crossroads. Don't worry, we have everything taken care of. You, you seem distracted. Everything's, I see her out there, everything's fine. Everything's good. We have plenty of people watching. There's going to be people coming in and out. We're good. Amen. Cool? We're good. All right. I would not continue with the service if I thought anything was going on. I promise you, everything's fine. I believe as a church, we are coming up to these crossroads where a lot of churches make the wrong decision and they maintain for the rest of their miserable existence. And Ichabod can just be written on the back door. But there are some churches that come up to this decision and they say, they see, stay with the truth, leave the truth. Persecution of being a light in a dark world or compromise and leave and, and let the darkness win just a little bit. Continue and stay with our standards and stay with our convictions or quit. Some churches make the right decision. And believe me, whatever church makes the right decision and whatever Christian makes the right decision, it is only those who are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might that choose the right way. Only those. If you do not have the right mindset, if you don't have the right mindset as an individual, if you do not have the right mindset as a church, you will make the wrong decision and the journey of your life will be greatly affected. The problem is this. The problem is many people begin to think that because they have arrived at Stay Lane and Leave Street, something's going wrong. Now stick with me. People start to think, because I have reached Continue Way and Quit Avenue, God must be angry at me. Or they start to think, because I am facing this crucial crossroads, everything must be falling apart, and they freak out, and they don't have the right mindset, and so they make the wrong decision. I am going to teach you in this message, Lord help me, with all the distractions that have already happened today, which maybe might have us to think that somebody doesn't want you to hear the message. That's right. Come on. Okay? Okay. I am going to teach you that along the road of life, there are villages of grace and there are palaces of power, and there are cities of blessing, and there are, there are towns of miracles that you will not reach unless you come to these crossroads. So you have to stop thinking right away, the only reason I'm having to make this decision is because things are going wrong. No, 
There are places that God wants you to reach that you cannot reach without going through these intersections. Now, here's the thing. He wants you to reach those places. You will not reach those places just by coming up to the intersection. You need to, write, you need to make the right decision. But you will not make the right decision if you are not in the right mindset. So the first part of the journey here in chapter 14, this is going to be our teacher. This is going to be our teacher tonight. First of all, I will ask you to consider with me what led Paul and Barnabas to this crossroads. Second of all, we're going to look at what decision did they make? Thirdly, I really want to focus on what mindset did they have that encouraged them to make that decision? And then lastly, what were the consequences of that decision that they made? And I am praying for God to give us many people in this room who will make the same decision that Paul and Barnabas made because it is the people who make Paul and Barnabas's decision. It is those people who build strong churches. It is those people who establish strong families. It is those people who build strong marriages. It is those people who establish strong classrooms and Sunday school classes. It is those people who develop strong relationships. It's those people who see blessings of God that a lot of other people miss. So first of all, what led Paul up? What led Paul and Barnabas up to these crossroads? We have to consider. It wasn't sin in their life. It wasn't a mistake that they made in their past that put them on the road that they could not back out from. It wasn't their own will that led them to this crossroads. It was God's will. Right. It was the same will of God that called them to preach, that led them to leave Antioch and Syria and go to a place called Seleucia. And then it was the same will of God that said, leave Seleucia and go to Cyprus. And then leave Cyprus and go to Paphos. And then leave Paphos and go to Antioch or uh, Perga. And then leave Perga and go to Antioch and Pisidia. And leave Antioch and Pisidia and go to Iconium. And as soon as they get to Iconium, they do what God's will has always been for them to do. They preach. And as they preach, a great multitude, both of the Jews and also of the Greeks, believed. Amen. Things are going well. Would we say that? Things are going well. Brother John, if you and I went on a missionary trip and we show up to a city and we go to the first church and we start preaching the gospel and a great multitude believe, I would say that's going pretty well. Yeah, yes, sir. God is working, moving in an obvious way. Souls are being saved. Converts are being baptized. Lives are being changed. Jesus is being glorified. But as with any time in your life, when you do God's perfect will in God's perfect way and in God's perfect timing, there's going to be fruit. Yeah. Every time. That's how it works. Anytime you are in God's perfect will, in God's perfect way, doing it in God's perfect timing, there will be fruit. Yep. But... As with any time, you are in God's perfect will, doing it in God's perfect way, and in God's perfect timing. There's not only going to be fruit, there is quickly going to arise opposition. Yea, all who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So in Paul and Barnabas's life, right now, God is obviously working, but Satan is obviously opposing. 
Souls were being saved. Other souls were being very stubborn. Some converts are being baptized. Other converts are being deceived. Some lives are being changed. But then those, save li those same lives are being targeted because of the change that's coming in their life. Jesus is being glorified, but he's also being vilified. Things are going well, but things are also growing difficult. Iconium started as an open door. Now the door seems to be closing. At first, everybody's curious, and now people are getting furious. And with each day that passes, the opposition is growing more and more blatant. Now listen, I'm preparing for surgery here, okay? And prep for surgery is, is somewhat boring. You gotta wash and everything, but I, I'm not just gonna cut into you because I'm gonna infect you, okay? So, do you get what I'm saying? Some of, some of you guys, it's all important, okay? I'm going somewhere, but you, gotta, you have to give me time. Do you not know how it feels to be in God's will and things are going well, you're doing what God has told you to do and because you are in God's will, doing it his way and doing it in his timing, because of that, you're experiencing fruit. Okay, you have a fruitful marriage, you have a fruitful family, you have a fruitful ministry, you have a fruitful testimony, you have a fruitful spirit, just kind of all the way around. But then you start getting some pushback. You start getting some pushback right in the middle of it you and your spouse hit a rough patch. Or your kids start copping an attitude. It's out of nowhere. And the overall feeling of your house is just restless. And your ministry at church, you're not doing anything differently, but your ministry at church is becoming a battle. Your testimony at work is under attack. Your spirit is being targeted in this realm that you cannot see, but you can certainly feel. You're in God's will, but while you're in God's will, you've met with opposition, and it's growing more and more blatant. On one hand, God is obviously working. On the other hand, Satan is obviously opposing. On one hand, your marriage has come so far. But on the other hand, you have these rough patches. Now, these rough patches are less frequent, but they seem more intense. And when it's bad, it's bad. When it's good, it's good. When it's bad, it's bad. On one hand, your kids have grown so much. Your kids have come so far. But on the other hand, sometimes they just have a really bad day. And you're thinking, where in the world did this come from? On one hand, your home is much more stable, but right now it's shaking. On another hand, or on one hand, you're seeing great fruit in your ministry. But then on the other hand, you're seeing great hardship in your ministry. On one hand, your testimony is a blessing at work, and they love having you there because you show up and you have a good attitude and a good spirit and you're honest and you're respectful and you have some semblance of, of ethics. But on the other hand, your testimony is one of the worst parts of the job for other people. They hate working with you because your light exposes them for who they are. Yeah. On one hand, God is using you. On the other hand, Satan's bruising you. On one hand, think of what it was for, for Paul and Barnabas. On one hand, a great multitude, both of the Jews and the Gentiles, believed. On the other hand, the unbelieving Jews stirred up the minds of the Gentiles and made them evil affected against the brethren. Both are going on at the same time. And it's here where we arrive at the crucial crossroads. What do you do, Paul and Barnabas? Stay or leave? 
What do you do, sir, with your family? What do you, what do, you do ma'am, with, with your marriage? Fight or flight? What do you do with your ministry? Continue or quit? What do we do as a church when we reach opposition? Persecution or compromise? What do we do? Stay road, okay, or stay street, whatever I've been calling it, is going to keep you in harm's way. Leave lane is going to get you out of harm's way. Fight street is going to lead to more opposition. Flight street is going to lead you away from the battle. Continue way is going to require more energy, more work, more substance. Quit Avenue is going to let you rest. Everybody knows why Persecution Lane is called Persecution Lane. Everybody knows that. Compromise Boulevard is going to save you from a lot of that. So what do you do? What do you do at that point? Now, I don't want to spend a lot of time on Paul and Barnabas's choice. They chose to stay. That's the choice that they made. They chose to fight. They chose to continue. They chose persecution. Where I really want to focus on is the mindset that they had. I want to focus on the mindset that they had that made them choose so many distractions tonight. My goodness gracious. Every time I've taught you this since I became, became a pastor. Every time there's something the devil does not want you to hear, he's going to find every cell phone. He's going to find everything that he can do. It's going to be your choice tonight. I feel like I've already started on the wrong foot and I'm just kind of pushing through. I'm going to need your help, okay? If you pay attention, it will help you. I promise you that it will. (laughs) And if it does get across, it will be God and God alone. I know that. It's not going to be me waxing the elephant. Here's what we'll do. I'm going to get you engaged, okay? You're going to, right now, you're going to read verse 1, 2, and 3. You're going to read verse 1, 2, and 3, and I want you to read them all all together. Now, read them silently. And there is one telling word in verse 3. There's one telling word in verse 3 that gives me the message that I'm going to preach to you tonight. And I want you to try to think of what it is. And if you think you know what it is, you can raise your hand. Miss Amanda, you've gotten so many recently. We need to let the other students try. You're right. Read verses 1, 2, and 3. Read verses 1, 2, and 3. There is one telling word in verse number 3. Raise your hand once you think you found it. We're getting there. We're getting there. How many of you have no clue? How many of you think you know, but you're afraid to raise your hand because you're afraid I'm going to call on you? (laughs) I'm just trying to get you to raise your hand so I can call. (laughs) Say it out loud. What do you think it is? One, two, three. Boldly. Okay. A lot say boldly. Who says boldly? That is the one telling word. Hey, it's a good word. It's a good word, but it's not the word I'm looking for. Huh? There. There? Nope. Testimony. Man, none of you are getting it. Oh, this is going to be good. That's two words. That's two words. What was that? Nope. Nope. All right, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. You ready? Nope. Nope. None of you have gotten it. All right, all right, all right. Chill. Let me just tell you. 
guys are all children. Let your heart cool down. Okay. Here. No, stop. Therefore. But hey, consider it. Consider it with me. Consider. Verse one. Verse one. All right, I let you guys talk. Now it's my turn, okay? <laughs> verse 1 tells us about abundant fruit, right? Verse 1 is very clear. Let's talk about abundant fruit here. They went and they preached in great multitudes. Verse 2 tells us about violent opposition, all right? Very open and blatant. And then verse 3 says, taking into account abundant fruit on one hand and violent opposition on the other, Long time, therefore, they abode. Whenever you find therefore, you have to realize what it's there for. Okay? So, long time, therefore. So, something before has come to give the reason for them staying a long time. And what was their reason for staying a long time? Opposition. Do you not see that? We have abundant fruit on one hand. We have opposition on the other. Let's stay there for. When opposition came in God's will, they did not stay in spite of the opposition. They stayed because of the opposition. Right. Is any, am I the only person who's seeing that? That's good. Long time, therefore, abode they speaking boldly in the Lord. When opposition began to formulate against them, it didn't prompt them to run. It inspired them to stay. When opposition came to their ministry, they didn't take that as a sign of we're done here. They took it as a sign as we are far from done here. So listen, listen, listen. There are two mindsets that you can have when opposition comes in your life. Two mindsets that you can have when you face opposition in your life. Mindset number one, this is difficult. I can't stay. Mindset number two, this is difficult. This is no time to leave. Those are the two mindsets that you can have. And it is the people with mindset number two that make up strong churches. It's the people with mindset number two that have strong marriages. The strongest marriages in this room are not the ones who never face opposition. They're the ones with the husbands on one side and the wife on the other that says, things are tough, let's fight. Not with each other. <laughs> but let's fight for each other. That's good. The strongest families in this room are not the ones who never face opposition. They're the ones who say, this is difficult. Let's stay. This is difficult. It's no time to leave. The people with that mindset lead strong Sunday school classes and establish strong classrooms and develop strong relationships and see blessings of God that a lot of other people miss. There is nothing worth having. There's nothing worth having in your life that you can ever obtain without opposition. So instead of running away from opposition, you need to have the mindset that the presence of opposition is a great sign that what I'm fighting for is valuable. Let me illustrate. About a thousand years ago, there was a king. And he was very well known for his military might and his military prowess. He reigned for around 50 years. He spent much of that time protecting, establishing, and growing his kingdom by conquest. 
And he reached the point, well, I guess before then I should tell you, surrounding his kingdom were five other kingdoms. Each of them strong, but certainly not as strong as the king that we are talking about. Our king, our king, okay, is what we'll call him, even though I'm not referring to Jesus or anything like that. Okay, the king, the king of our story. Surrounded by five kingdoms, all of them strong, none of them really as strong as his. And he reached the day where he knew he had the mental fortitude and he had the physical strength to conquer one more kingdom before he died. And since he knew he could only conquer one more, he wanted to make sure that whatever kingdom he conquered yielded a substantial reward. So which of the five kingdoms is he going to wage war against? And he came up with a daring, but a simple plan. He sent messengers to all five kingdoms on the same day and declared war against all five of them on the same day. <coughs> kingdoms one and five responded this way. We do not wish to engage in war with you. We will pay yearly tribute to you in exchange for a promise of peace. Kingdoms two and four both responded with terms for surrender. But kingdom three sent back this. Any act of aggression from your army will be met with extreme force. The king got the reports from all five kingdoms and he made his decision like that. He sent out a message to all of his generals and said, attack the third kingdom with all of our might tomorrow at dawn. His advisors protested forcefully. Why don't you just put kingdoms one and five to tribute and collect yearly wages for the rest of your days? Or why don't you accept the terms of kingdoms two and four and walk in without any bloodshed? And the king answered, if those kingdoms possessed anything of great value, Surely they would be willing to fight. Yeah, right. So your church is experiencing opposition. So your marriage is experiencing opposition. So your family is experiencing opposition. So your kids, your, your ministry, your testimony is experiencing opposition. On one hand, God is working. On the other hand, Satan is fighting. I'm trying to get you to consider the fact that if Satan is putting up a fight against your church, if he's putting up a fight against your marriage, if he's putting up a fight against your family, if he's putting up a fight against your ministry, and if he's putting up a fight against your testimony, it is probably because, it is only because, your church and your marriage and your family and your ministry and your testimony are posing a threat to something that Satan deems valuable. That's it right there. If our church was of no threat to Satan, he wouldn't be opposing us. Amen. If your marriage lasting until death was of no concern to Satan, he wouldn't be opposing you to. And if your family staying together didn't make Satan believe that he would lose ground to your family, he wouldn't be opposing you. And if your ministry wasn't threatening to steal land that belonged to Satan, he wouldn't be opposing your ministry. If your testimony didn't have the capability of greatly damaging Satan's kingdom, he would not be opposing you. 
And God doesn't need any more Christians in this world, especially not in this <coughs> chicken generation. Yeah, you're right. Come on. God does not need any more Christians who take opposition as a sign that it's time to leave. God is looking for Christians who will realize when Satan starts fighting, that's no time to quit. That is only proof that what we're doing is a threat to his kingdom. We need more husbands and wives who will say, Satan is attacking my marriage. Long time, therefore, will I abide. We need more parents and children alike who will say, Satan is opposing my family. Long time, therefore, will I abide. We need more church members who will say, Satan is attacking my church. Long time, therefore, will I abide. We need more ministry leaders who will say, Satan is making my ministry difficult. Long time, therefore, will I abide. We need more preachers who will say, Satan is attacking my ministry. Long time, therefore, will I abide. When Paul and Barnabas faced opposition, they didn't stay in spite of it. They stayed because of it. Because they saw it as a sign. What we're doing here must mean something. Or Satan wouldn't be fighting. And here are the consequences in brief. I wrote down next to verse 3. Divine cooperation. As soon as Paul and Barnabas made it clear whose side they were on, God made it clear whose side he was on. And Satan and the unbelieving Jews and the unbelieving Gentiles could reject the gospel all they wanted. They could deny the gospel all they wanted. You know what they couldn't deny? They couldn't deny God giving testimony to the word of his grace by signs and wonders that were done by Paul and Barnabas' hands. It's very easy to deny the gospel. It's kind of hard to deny the lame man that just walked by you. It's very easy to deny the gospel. It's kind of hard to deny the conversation that you're having with the deaf lady. Mm -hmm. right? It's very easy to deny the gospel, very hard to deny the palsied lady who's dancing in the square. Mm. Christian, you can run now from opposition if you want. And you will be spared from Satan's opposition. But you will also be spared by God's cooperation, from God's cooperation. You can run if you wish. And Satan's opposition against you will probably stop. But God's cooperation with you will probably stop too. It was when they stayed, God said, I can work with that. Here's the next consequence. I like this one. Settled division is what I wrote next to verse 4. But the multitude of the city was divided, part held with the Jews and part with the apostles. Is that good or bad? (coughs) We are tempted, we're quick to think that this verse is giving a bad report. That in spite of all their efforts, they failed. The city remained divided. It's not saying that. 
It is not saying that in spite of all their efforts, they failed. It's, it's saying because of all their efforts, they succeeded. The gospel is not given to unite people. It's given to divide people. Jesus said, think not that I am come to send peace. I say, I say to you, nay, but rather division. The gospel has been given to man to draw a clear line between the holy and the profane, between light and darkness. Would God that Corpus Christi were more like Iconium, where all of its citizens were either cold or hot, none lukewarm? Because that makes God sick. Because Paul and Barnabas stayed through the opposition, people had to choose a side and stick with it. Because that is what the gospel is given for. The gospel is not a mile marker along a single road. The gospel is a fork in the road, and you have got to make a decision. Christianity demands a decision. Christianity does not take a, take a little and leave a little. It's all or nothing. And Iconium was forced into that decision because Paul and Barnabas stayed. Christian, you stay exactly where God wants you to be, and you will see very quickly how God makes a clear distinction between what is right and what is wrong in your life. A lot of questions that you have right now about all of these blurred lines, they will be made very clear by going through opposition, not by going around opposition. I wrote confident separation next to verse 5 and 6. Basically, the time came where they did have to leave. They had to leave. But it was only after they knew they had done everything God wanted them to do there. Sometimes when you reach the crossroads of Stay Street and Leave Lane, it's God's will for you to leave. Sometimes that happens. But I know far too many people who choose Leave Lane because of Satan's opposition and not because of God's will. Eternal compensation. Do I need to take any time to talk about how Paul and Barnabas were eternally compensated by staying and doing what they were supposed to do? Do I need to point out people in this room who reached these crucial crossroads within the past year and chose to stay? Come on. Okay, let's do it. Brother Scott and Miss Maria, how long have you been here at this church? Six, seven years. Did you, in those six and seven years here at Heritage Baptist Church, did you never come up to this crucial crossroads of stay or leave? Or did you come up to that, did you come up to that crossroads at one point? Yes. And you stayed. You fought. You continued. You chose persecution. And your boys are both called to preach. Would that have happened if you left? If you left. You know Mark's testimony. He came up to that crossroads. His family just stood up here and sang and almost brought the entire church to its feet. Wouldn't have happened if he left. Church, we need more Christians who will realize. Now I'm closing my Bible, don't you close yours. We need more Christians who will realize if Satan is putting up such a fight, there must be something going on here worth fighting for. Yes, sir. That's no time to leave. That's time to stay. Those are the people 
who see God bless in ways that many other people miss, and they miss it because they see opposition as a reason to leave and not as a reason to stay. And that is why we read verses 19 through 22. That is why in verse 22, when Paul and Barnabas came back to those disciples at Iconium, here's what they told them. Continue in the faith because we must, we must through great tribulation, through great and much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. Tribulation is not a sign that things are going wrong. They're a sign that you are fighting for something that Satan is counting on you to surrender. Amen. Satan is counting on you. He is counting on you to be so weak in your faith that he can throw a little opposition your way and get you to run. You stay. And you fight until God tells you that it's time to go. You stay and you fight in the power of God's might. Fight for what Satan is counting on you to surrender. And you'll be surprised what God will do. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.